Blast Radius Woods Ball Podcast, Episode 210. This is the podcast where you'll find out more about woods ball, recreational paintball, and scenario games. My name is Wayne. Today's feature segment is Tom Cole with the Ultimate Woods Ball League. Tom will give us an update on what's going on with the league, and uh, as well as he'll stomp out a rumor that I heard about and give him a chance to, to give his side of the story. Ben, have you ever done anything crazy like write a book or anything like that? Man, I, I've never read a book. <laughs> I write a book. <laughs> now, come on. You've, I know you've read at least some books. I only picture one. Scratch and sniff <laughs> one. Fairy tales. <laughs> Uh, well, I just received a copy paintball of magazine. <laughs> yes, paintball magazines. That's that's the extent of my reading as well. Um, I just received a copy of Five Hundred One Paintball Tips, Tricks, and Tactics. It's a book that's been out for a few years, but I I never got around to picking it up as we've already described. Uh, typically, I don't read all that much. I I listen to everything. I, I download all kinds of stuff, but I, I don't typically pick up a book. But fortunately, the author sent me a copy to read. I'm really glad he did. I'll be finishing it over the holiday break, and then I'd like to think that we'll have him on the show after that. So uh, you can look forward to that here coming up on Blast Radius Woods Ball Podcast. Also, at the end of today's episode, stay tuned, and you will hear a clip from our next guest from episode 211. That'll be Tim at Tech Paintball. Tim is always a good guest to have on the show. So I was browsing around on the internet the other day, uh, just minding my own business, and all of a sudden I saw something pop up on Facebook where the UK Scenario Paintball Awards had a live video stream. So I was a little bit afraid, but I was very curious, so I I, I couldn't resist, and I clicked on it. Uh, And those guys get dressed up in tuxedos and hand out awards to, uh, you know, like most valuable team, most valuable uh, player, and uh, same same kind of awards we have here. But uh, but uh, it looks like kind of a cool thing. It looks like an awesome thing, but it just seems like a big excuse to get really, really drunk with gin and tonic. <laughs> uh, speaking of getting really, really drunk, Pete Russell, Paintball Pete was there. Uh, I saw him on the video feed, and he, uh, I don't know if many of our listeners are probably at least familiar with him just from listening to to him here on the show, but uh, uh, Pete moved over to the UK recently, at least for for seasonal, uh, you know, seasonal residents to to work over there with uh, Tim at Shoreline. So uh, Pete's over there now, and he was part of, at least he stood up there for a moment on the the award show, and uh, yeah, it looks like a good time. So, uh, congratulations to uh, everybody who are the, all the big winners at the UK Scenario Paintball Awards. We'll see if we can get a couple of those guys on the show and see what's going on over there. We we may even release a unedited version of that discussion. <laughs> that would be that's. And now here's your feature segment. This is Wayne with Blast Radius Woods Ball Podcast, and I have on the line today Tom Cole from the Ultimate Woods Ball League. We we have Tom on the show here every once in a while to give us an update on what's going on in the league and, and things are, that are happening between seasons. So, Tom, I think we've kind of caught you at the end of uh, the end of 2011. So you've you've got everything wrapped up for this year, right? Yeah, that's correct. 
All right. So talk to us. Uh, the last time we spoke was back in June, I believe. Uh, I know that you've had uh, at least there was an event in Chicago and one prior to that, I believe. Um, yeah, we had Chicago and Pennsylvania. Right. I believe that was the two that we had between then. And um, they were both really good. One we did in, in, in partnership with uh, a field owners conference with Deborah Dion. She runs one, a field owner conference there every year now. Right. Um, and we were super happy with both of them. Um, our championship was in Chicago. It's a great field. The weather was beautiful. Um, we actually maxed out, I think, at 14 teams, which is the most that I really want to do right. uh, at any one event. Um, so it, it was great. I really had a good time. I left that last event super excited. Excellent. Good. So I wanted to, uh, to – do you have the results with you in front of you, Tom? Do you have that information? I do, actually. Um, in the open division, we had Vicious winning it. And then the henchman coming in second with BBT Reactor coming in third and then Desert Edge coming in fourth. Nice. And then the top five teams in the tackle division, Underground from Chicago took first, Nebraska Paintball took second, Suppressor from Colorado took or from Wyoming took third, and Failure to Fly Line from Ohio took fourth. All right, excellent. Good results. Well, it's uh, it's good to see those guys. I- I've recognized a couple of those names from past events results, so it's good to see them uh, you know, staying, continuing in the league. What's the overall, Tom, is just kind of a recap for 2011. What was the, the season like? Did you, you have turnout like you expected, or was there uh, kind of a, a, a lull, or what was the overall characteristic? No, it, it's actually been growing um, slowly but surely. I mean, the teams that are playing it, you know, we the hardcore UWL teams, they've been sticking with it. Right. Usually they're playing about two events a year year maybe three um and then a lot of the a lot of the open teams are you know like the vicious which is a psp team mm. um just recently took fourth of the cup they won our series this year which is pretty amazing because a lot of times those those young speedball guys don't do that well in the woods ball and then henchmen so we have a lot of the old school pro guys kind of building teams to play in the uwl so it's been exciting all right, good. So tell us about that with uh, with Vicious taking that high of a ranking. In other leagues in the past, I, I've seen something like this happen where uh, those pro speedball teams would come in and, and you know mop the floor, and then everybody starts to get discouraged, which starts to ask people. You know, people start to then ask for rule changes and things like that about, about who gets to play what division. How, how are you going to handle that? And they call it speedball in the woods, which drives me crazy. But um, <laughs> it... Uh, it the open division has been really competitive all year, so we'll, we'll use Desert Edge as an example. Desert Edge is one of your typical, yep. you know, woods ball teams that came into this not have ever played, like, uh, predominantly a speedball tournament. They may have played some local stuff, but they never really played the PSP or the MPPL. Right. And they've been going tooth and nail with these guys. I mean, they'll win a game and lose a game. In Nebraska, they just played, and they went 50-50 with Vicious, and that Vicious is a team that ended up winning the series. So. Huh. I think it's a little bit of a learning curve, but the open division is just that. It's an open division where it's completely open to anyone else. And we're actually going to probably change that title to pro division next year. Um, We give the Woods Bowl people a little bit of street credit they're playing in that division. And then in our tactical division, what we've done is we've limited that to one pro per team. And we did that just because some of the old school guys like Bob and Rennick, they're starting to build these local woods ball teams are pairing up with some local scenario teams to try and get them involved and they're helping them through it right so it's more like a coach slash captain type deal so we're trying to keep those old blood kind of teaching the new guys how to play competitively nice in the woods so right a little bit of a a consultant if you will if nothing else exactly exactly well and and so closing out 2011 you're looking ahead to 2012 do you have a events scheduled on your calendar for, for next season yet 
We don't. We're starting to pencil them in right now. We, our biggest holdup always is the PSP or the MPPL trying to work around their schedules. Since yep. a lot of our our events, a lot of our players play those events or our refs play those events, and I actually work for the MPPL and the commissioner of that league as well. So I try and try and avoid those dates. Yeah, exactly. So it'll be a couple more weeks probably. Well, give us a call back here, Tom, and we'll get that publicized here on the show and make sure that people are aware so they can make it to as many of those events as possible. And one of the things that, that occurs to me that you were talking about how some of the teams that are your regular teams and people who uh, are, are trying to get to more than one event, you, you've put some rules in place to make that not such an issue. If people can't afford to get to more than one event in a season, they are not penalized for that on the point standings at the end of the season, right? Yes, we, we capped the amount of events that a team could accrue points at at two. And then we add the championship to that. So in order to play our whole season, which is seven events, you really only have to play three events to, to be to max out what you could possibly score. So that keeps it kind of fair. And we've also bundled our events near each other. So typically, you know, we have two events in California that are or one in California, one in Nevada. They're about five hours apart. Right. Chicago, Pennsylvania, five, six hours apart. So we kind of bundle them together so that they – Teams can do our series without incurring a lot of travel expenses. Nice. Good stuff. So as we wrap up the season here with 2011 and looking forward to 2012 with the UWL, uh, you uh, talked a, a little bit about uh, in the past we've had discussions about what your uh, your, your other responsibilities, as you mentioned there, with the, with the Pro League. Um, and you've also, up until recently, been involved with Kingman, but that's no longer the case. You, you've made a career change. What's going on there? That is correct. I was recently um, went to work for an airsoft company. Uh-huh. They um, they've been doing airsoft for probably ten years, and we've seen a a growth in airsoft, you know, in the paintball side of the world probably over the last five years. Um, there's some hurdles in the airsoft world that 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 paintball has already experienced, and and they kind of brought me in to kind of help them help them do that. Do some my official title is business development. Okay. So, and I'm working with those guys to try and a get paintball fields to accept airsoft, um, and then b work with some of the some of the issues, the safety issues, and the legal issues to try and make it a little bit more acceptable, um, so that it doesn't end up you know going down a bad path. Right now, what you've described with business development, with safety issues and legal issues, that makes it sound less like what I was afraid of. What I was afraid of is that you jumped ship out of paintball and completely dedicated to airsoft. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> I am still a paintball guy, hundred um, percent. And one of the things we saw is a lot of the fields and stores in the past three, four years have been going out of business or at least are in some type of budget crisis. Right. Um, and, and, you know, I legitimately feel adding airsoft as part of your paintball business is a good way to stay alive. Yeah. Um, I mean, paintball's down 30 40% over the past five years at, at the least. Right. And so if you can pick up some sales through airsoft, you should. So it's really, I'm doing this for the paintball people. I see there's a need there, and I'm still a paintball guy. And well, my company um, that I work for is super behind me. You know, when they brought me in, they knew I worked uh, for the MPPL, and they knew that I was, you know, ha- was very involved with the UWL, and they, they made it very clear right up front that they didn't want to interfere with any of those things and actually wanted to help me do more of it. So Good, good. All right, so that makes business sense, I think. If, if uh, a field is in danger of closing out, if, the, the like you said, the, the paintball business is down and they're, they're looking to diversify, if you will, you know, I, I kind of put I think of it in, um, in business investment terms. You have to have a portfolio that is spread across a couple of different types of you know, aggressive versus conservative type of, types of investment. You want to do the same thing with your, your paintball business. Your field supports not only paintball but airsoft as well, right? Exactly. 
Exactly. So. All right. So. And it seems to be working. So. Good. Good. Well, best of luck to you on that. What's the name of the company? Uh, it's Talco. It's actually the parent company is CyberGuard in France, and they're one of the largest aerosol companies in the world. So. All right. Well, well. Uh, congratulations and best of luck to you in that direction. So you said that they are supportive of the UWL. Now I wanted to to take that to a little uh, extreme here. I heard a rumor from a source that I will not name, but I wanted to bring it to you uh, before I started spreading it around the internet. Uh, that the the rumor was that due to your changing career path, you're you're not going to to support the UWL any longer. It's terminated as of 2011, and there will be no 2012. Can start an airsoft league, am I? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it's completely untrue. And I actually I, I left our last event probably more excited about um, the UWL and woods ball than I had in a long time. Um, not to say I'm not always excited about woods ball, but I mean, I really <laughs> left on a positive note at the end of the year. Good. And, um, and we instantly started talking about different stuff that we could do next year and what we could do better. And, um, I, I mentioned you a little earlier off topic about, you know, we brought in, we now have three different people working for us, um, part time trying to help us do a better job marketing and, and, and keeping the team stats up and the player stats. Cause a lot of this has been a, you know, a, a job of passion for me here. And, and so sure. sometimes my time is limited. So by bringing these extra people in, um, we hope that's going to help a lot. Yeah, exactly. It, you told me briefly about a, a new concept, a new kind of UWL event. Tell us more about what that is. Yeah, one of the things we've been looking to do, and we've, we've always planned to move a little more into the scenario world. So one of the things we're going to do is we're going to introduce a scenario division which is going to be a division separate of the 10-man run on its own events, which is going to be run very similar to a big game, but we're going to capture the same team-slash-individual-player data that we do now and use that for a scenario ranking worldwide. Um, so the, the, the teams will be divided up into separate armies and the individuals to, to equal you know, the red versus blue, and we'll just keep track of each individual as they accomplish their missions so if we give them a mission of finding the down pilot or whatever we end up doing the person that that performs that mission will get points as well as the team will get points and the army will get points right um and we're going to kind of use some of the same positions that we use in the uwl so we're going to have a ranger who uses non-electronic guns a sniper who uses a pump gun um and we'll keep track of all those stats too nice so we're going to have once again event prizes and we're currently working on sponsorship for all that and we're going to divide it up we're going to have a uh, you know best female at the event award, best kid at the event award, best sniper, best, you know, ranger, stuff similar to that. Good, good. So what I'm, what I think I'm hearing, Tom, is uh, it's a UWL event, but you take away the, the, the bracket structure of the team versus team uh, layout of the day. And instead it's just a big game. So you've got red versus blue. And regardless of what side, my team plays on my individual stats and my team stats can contribute to my uwl statistics for the end of the year wrap up that is correct that is correct and it's once again that's going to be under a different division so you could be the number one sniper in the scenario division or you could be the number one team in the scenario division same stuff Uh aha and the difference here also is it doesn't limit the size of the team so you can have a two-person team or you can have a 50-person team um we're all going to lump them all together all right, so what about in the situation where from one event to the next, you might have some overlap or cross, crossover from one team name to another team name with, you know, kind of if you're allowing different numbers of people, you're obviously going to have some different people and playing under different rosters. How does that play out? Yeah, well, we 
we would track, basically it's going to be a separate entity. So the team, when you enter each event, you're going to register under what team you're playing that event. So right. they use Psycho Clowns. Yeah. So if I was playing on the Psycho Clowns, everything that I score at that event, the Psycho Clowns get the points for. If it's the second event I now play for the Muddy Water Boys, then at that event the Muddy Water Boys would get the points for everything that I accomplished. Gotcha. But I also would be getting the points as an individual. Okay. and, and But again, in that separate division like you pointed out before. In that separate division, yep. right? Okay, excellent. So, uh, big things coming up then for 2012 in uh, in the UWL, the Ultimate Woods Bowl League. The Open Division is being renamed to be a Pro Division. The Tactical Division is going to stay pretty much the same from what you're describing, but you're adding a Scenario uh, Division, which is which is a whole new way to play UWL. So, contrary to the the rumor that I picked up on, you're not only engaged in UWL for 2012, you're taking it to a whole new level. Yes, exactly, and we're excited. I mean, I'm I'm pretty fired up about it. So the only thing that makes me sad is I can't play in it. <laughs> well, thanks very much, Tom Cole from the Ultimate Woodsball League. You can find out more information about what Tom's up to with the league at the website playuwl.com. Tom, thanks very much for your time. No problem. Thank you very much. You're listening to Blast Radius Woodsball Podcast, your source for woodsball, scenario games, and recreational paintball. Here is a preview clip of what you'll hear in the next episode of Blast Radius Woodsball Podcast. Educate yourself, just like, you, just like you said. Educate yourself, go to your local shops, talk to the techs there, talk to other players that you see that may have a similar marker to you. Anytime you want to contact us with feedback or show ideas, you've got a few ways you can do that. Send us an email, studio at brwp.net. Call the studio line on 303-952-0274. You can also contact us on Twitter, Facebook, or Skype. Or you can post on our forum. You can get to there by our website, brwp.net. We're glad you've tuned into the show today. Since 2006, we are your independent paintball podcast resource. My name is Wayne, and on behalf of my co-host, Ben, thanks for clicking on Blast Radius Woodsball Podcast. Play hard, play safe, and have fun. That's it. Okay. Is that it? That's it. You've been listening to a Lucky Six Productions podcast.